Want to make a podcast? Use Anchor. Anchor is a platform that will help you record, edit, add music and transitions to give your podcast the most professional feel possible. And that's not all. Anchor will also distribute your podcast to all major streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Anchor, your one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. Hello, welcome back to Sam Antics Podcast. He's Matt, I'm Sam. He doesn't drink and I drink a lot and that's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. And we are back with, you won't believe this, Ogura. Hmm? This is episode 10. We are in double figures. I don't know, I won't lie to you. I didn't think we'd get past episode 5. <laughs> Well, much test- less, much less sort of expand to the way the way that we have, and like gone from the Sam Antics podcast to the Sam Antics sort of, I don't want to say brand, but you know, corporation. Uh, yeah, exactly. Two shy guys corp. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the glory is testament to the listeners. It is all, all because of you guys. And again, we say it every week, and I'll never tire of saying it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for interacting. And just, we are so happy that people are actually listening to our little hobby. Um, yeah. Matt, how do you feel? Uh, well, same as, same as you, Zagora. You know, we say the same every week, but we are just so thankful for everyone's support. Anybody, if, you know, if you've got, got in touch with us via social media or spoken to us in person, I've had a lot of people um, at work this week, Zagora, say about yeah. the podcast and how much they're enjoying it. Um, still people calling me Francis, but um, we'll, we'll gloss over that. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate, you're never going to shake that. Like, no. do you remember when, obviously, I think we spoke about it on the previous podcast ages ago, maybe, um, when we went to that Indian and you got called Big Man, and then Big Man was your nickname for the next like five years? Yes. Francis replaced that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> it, it has. It or, um, has. or one that we haven't spoken about, I don't think. Um, one of your nicknames for a while was uh, Big Mac. Big, why was it Big Mac? I can't really remember, if I'm being completely honest. Um, I honestly can't tell you. But... No, because it, obviously a Big Mac is, is like McDonald's. And at the time at school, like, I wasn't really going to McDonald's because I didn't drive. So I don't know where the nickname came from. I really don't know, but you're you're saved. You're still saved. Like when I get a Snapchat from you, it says Big Mac. I don't know change, why. You need to change that, Segura. Yeah, I'll change it to Francis. That's it. <laughs> Fine. Segura, how have you been this week? Um, it's been a long week, isn't it? <laughs> Christ, it's been a long week. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I've been okay. Um. Obviously, I like, I think everyone just sort of has ups and downs, don't they? Um. But I've been okay i've been enjoying i've this i've done it a whole week in the office my life for the first time the whole week yeah i did a whole week in the office um for the first time since god over a year well over a year now um and i feel good like i feel really good about you know being in the office interacting with people face to face and just getting back to i know in this country uh so in the uk we 
don't really have many restrictions. Um, no. You know, I think one thing that's become normal is like when you sit on a train, um, you you don't really have people come sit next to you anymore. Like, that's the um, only thing I've noticed, really. It depends what train you're on, I suppose. If, like when I go to Bexhill, yeah. Um, obviously, I, I go straight from work on a Friday, and so I'm traveling during yeah. rush hour. And there's still a lot of people, um, and then. A, Eventually, something has to give, and then the people will have to sit next to you. But it's fine. As like, as I don't mind as long as they're wearing the mask like, face masks. Case, yeah. But a lot of them don't. But you know, yeah. that, that's an angry man reviews for another time. <laughs> but I think, like down here, so in in sort of Southampton area, the only time that you're forced to wear a mask is if you get an Uber. Uber haven't changed their policy, so you still have to wear a mask, and the driver wears a mask. And I suppose that's to... that makes sense, though, because it's somebody's car isn't it like like yeah. yeah yeah exactly um but when we're in the office and stuff like back to the actual point um when we're in the office we don't we don't wear masks we like keep a like distance away um at most times but it's just been so nice to kind of have that feeling of that's normal almost yeah i yeah. mean i have to uh, my place of work as well we don't have to wear masks when we're at our desks they encourage the use of wearing them when we're like walking around the building yeah um, we have that as well yeah like more communal areas outside of your like office office yeah economy. yeah um but other than that there's not really a lot most people are back in the office yeah um so yeah i've just been you know, i say that the biggest part of my week has just been enjoying like actually enjoying the smile on my face being in the office again um, That's good so yeah. to hear. So yeah, it's been not a bad week. But uh, how have you been this week? Oh god! <laughs> you, uh, knew was, you knew I was going to ask this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's been uh, it's been all right. So Grubber, I had a little announcement actually. Um, oh, okay. Proceed. I am undertaking a. Oh, good lord! You're undertaking Christ. I... <laughs> <laughs> not like that. Well, part time. Just in. <laughs> <laughs> deliver the medication by day <laughs> take them away by night <laughs> <laughs> oh dear no i um similar to you Sigora, you 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 do a um a a course don't you in in mental yes. health first aid well yeah. i have basically copied you Sigora. okay um and I am also partaking in a level two certificate in mental health first aid. And how do you feel about it? Something else. It's um, mental health first aid and something about the workplace as well, isn't it? Yes, it is. I am looking forward to it. Yeah, it is really. Yes. It's a really, really good course, and you kind of the first um, like area that you learn about is you know understanding like the fundamentals of what mental health is and mental ill health and recognizing what the problems are from like you reading the workbook and then the next bit is how you actually start to help people um and yeah it's i i'm thoroughly enjoying it i have to do it at certain times when I, like my mental health is in a good place because if yeah. i'm in a bad headspace then like writing about mental health um, <laughs> i can't imagine it, it goes particularly well I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, you write about 
like you have to write about suicide and self-harm and and you have to write about like obsessive compulsive disorders and um anxiety driven stresses and all these things when you're um when you're feeling sort of anxious yourself or you're feeling not i don't want to say depressed but if you're feeling like low writing about these things sometimes it it does heighten sort of what you're you're feeling only because when i was (laughs) right i had a day where i was feeling really anxious and i was writing about anxiety disorders and i was like (laughs) (laughs) i don't need to shine this light i know what's going on (laughs) oh dear but no i'm really proud of you for doing it and you know it is it's really good to hear that you're wanting to do that wanting to learn about that Yes, uh, I, you know, you know me, so I, as much as I try to look after myself now, I am just naturally the type of person that likes to make sure everyone else is okay before yeah. myself, um, and none so more than at work because you know it can be shit, and I don't want people yeah. there to struggle like I have to the extent of being there. So, yeah. you know, trying to do something just to make a change. And if that helps one person, then my job is done. So also sort of around the back, sort of two things I want to say on it is one, also learning about it might help yourself. You know, it might exactly. help you. Um, and the second thing is, I think someone once told me um, that when you do things like this, it's similar to like if you're like in a plane, when the oxygen masks come down, make sure you do your own and then do someone else's. You and me, we're the people, we're the type of person that would make sure that everyone else's else's before before us. All right. And doing this kind of thing will help us, like, will help both of us understand what we actually need to do to help people. And that is, yeah, so important for us both. So this week, we are joined by a special guest, Sagrava. Yeah. Who have we got? So this week, we are joined by one of the kindest, nicest people, most down-to-earth person, despite being built like a tripod. It <laughs> is Glenn Chamberlain. <laughs> oh, is that Hello, tripod? guys. Glenn, welcome oh, back to the podcast. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Thank Glenn. you for having me. Matt, compose yourself, son. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> so, Glenn, the last time we spoke to you, you was doing, you was introducing your charity run thing. I was in indeed. Aid, in aid of uh, Prostate Cancer UK. Um, Correct. You're, you're back this week to tell us the results of your Charity run thing for Prostate Cancer UK. I've been looking forward to this. Glenn, what's the update? Hello. Um, so, yeah, so obviously at the end of October, it was completed. Um, for anyone that followed the updates on social media, it didn't go as planned at all. Um, it started off quite well. I was quite enjoying it. And then about three or four runs in, I picked up a slight injury. Uh to my leg which gradually got worse and basically in the end i wasn't allowed to run uh and furthermore from that i wasn't even allowed to walk anymore so oh, it left me with nine miles to do um yeah. 
being allowed to actually do it. So um, what what actually happened to you? Uh, so it turns out. So I went to the chiropractor, a local chiropractor, and yeah. it turns out I sprained a muscle behind my knee. So not many people know there is actually a muscle that runs diagonally behind your knee, um, which is one of the main functions in your leg that helps you walk and run. So obviously that's why I was struggling so much. Yeah. Um, it's getting there um, now though. Sounds um, painful. I'm I'm about a month into the rehab of it. Um, so it, it's getting there slowly. I'm actually able to walk semi normally again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was lucky enough. I had people reach out like yourself, Matt Dyer. Um, and my partner, Ashley and my brother all reached out and said that they were willing to do walks or runs to complete the miles for me. Um, this was slightly complicated as it's all on my phone and synced to each other. So I did it through Strava and linked it to my just given page. Um, yeah. So my brother couldn't do it because he's up north. Um, I was lucky enough, uh, Ashley went out and did roughly five miles. Um, on, she did a walk on the Friday and then she did another one on the Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And then uh, little old Matt Dyer turned up at my door late on Saturday night uh, to take my phone off me out for another walk um, and completed it. And Well, in the end, smashed it end up with just over 53 miles i believe on the total um wow. but yeah so big shout out to ashley and matt for finishing my miles for me i couldn't have done it without you um literally you couldn't have done it without us <laughs> yeah literally and as much as it pains me that i wasn't able to run it all or even complete the miles myself which yeah. was incredibly gutting um to actually be able to show that it was completed um, is huge for not only myself, for you guys, and for everyone that sponsored. Um, and yeah, a massive shout out to everyone that sponsored. We managed to raise £650 in the end uh, for hell. Prostate That's Cancer true. UK. Jesus. Well, your target was like, what, 300 quid to start? My target to begin with was 300 Um I knew I had a couple of sizable donations coming in yeah so i upped it to 500 um still smashed it and then yeah and then within three days of complete i was on 480 pound on day of completion and within three days of completing i'd gained another 170 pound to get up to the 650 um, wow. which which was just incredible I, I didn't expect it at all to be honest um like I say, raising that much is just it's phenomenal and it makes the fact that I couldn't finish it myself even more gutting. But everyone was so supportive. Um, I kept updates on my Facebook to let everyone know what the situation was, how it was being handled, etc. And everyone was so supportive with it, which yeah. was really nice. Um, yeah, I, just, I can't thank you enough. Um, I had I had a lovely email from uh from them at uh, the prostate cancer hub um basically saying thank you so much for all you've raised it's an incredible effort um 
to even raise that much. People's targets are like sort of 100, 200 pound. Um, yeah, there's tiny amounts in comparison, definitely, yeah. So that that was nice, a nice personal email off a lady I've been in touch with almost throughout. Yeah. Um, which was very nice. They sent me a couple of um, like gifts really as as part of the raising so much hitting different milestones which was really nice of them oh what did they send you um uh so for signing up i got uh just a prostate cancer top yeah and then once i hit 300 pounds they i could i applied and they sent me a running top okay um, and then for hitting the £500, they sent me a lovely hoodie, which is absolutely gorgeous. It's so warm. Oh, really? Yeah, it's so, it's so nice. It's one of the comfiest hoodies I've had. That's so nice that um, they've, um, they sort of appreciate what you've done and, and can appreciate what you've done, of course. Um, but Yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. And it definitely makes me... I mean, I, you guys know me. I like to do stuff for charity. Um, and I thought this was going to be something that would be achieved with not ease but relative ease i thought it'd be something i could do because i thought i was quite fit but turns out my body had different ideas um you can't help it though. and no being injury prone like i am i just sort of took it and just got on with it and hoped it would get better and then it didn't so yeah, yeah but, but say, like, you can't main, help it you can't help it no exactly but the main the main thing is was coming on to begin with get trying to get the word out to people about prostate cancer um i mean it's worked because i've even had people come up to me at work and um say oh i went and had my test um it's come back negative um which was really nice it's really nice that people actually took the time out to come and see me about it yeah um yeah which, which was good i mean I've, i emailed certain people at work because as you know you're not allowed to advertise charity stuff and that really through through main work platforms but really the people yeah yeah uh, we're the same oh we don't um, we don't have that yeah you ha- you have to go all through upper management and that and it's just not worth it yeah fair um enough. but yeah I, that that was really nice to actually physically see people reaching out to me that because I'd mentioned it to them that they were that they'd started to get seen, really. That's really good. And uh, like when you came on before, you were saying how you want to not just raise money, you want to raise awareness. And it sounds like you've achieved both. It, it yeah, it, it feels like it. I mean, I still feel there's a lot of awareness that needs to be raised around it, but there's a big drive through people locally, um, yeah. all over the UK, and through the actual prostate cancer uk uh funds and and their organization there's so much going on um i mean there's a monolith that they're uh, like a statue type thing that people can donate to and it'll be popping up all around the uk um over the next sort of couple of years um which just looks incredible you can dedicate it to you can buy like a piece of it and dedicate it to like a family member, a loved one that you've lost. Yeah. Um to it, which is incredible. And I for one will be keeping an eye out for it. Um and hopefully get to go and see it. 
um, when it's down in London or up in Birmingham or something. That's really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, and have, having this hoodie, it's great because it is so comfortable. I will wear it out and hopefully people will stop and ask me why I've got it, um, what yeah. it's about, etc. Um, and j- just continue to spread the word. Just on the awareness, um, when I think about sort of like prostate cancer and like seeing it, seeing the advertising for the charity on um, like the like TV adverts and things. Yeah. Um, I remember a while ago on Gillette Soccer Saturday, they all wore the pins, didn't they? And that was a big push. Yep. However, yep. at the moment, and this might be an angry man reviews, but whatever, um, it's, can we just swap out awareness for things like this, like charity? Can we put them in instead of um, every half-time break in football, all you hear is erectile dysfunction. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we... Yeah, all... <laughs> I know exactly. I, I know I, the adverts you're on about. I 100% agree. All, all betting companies, like betting companies, yeah, like, it's it's everywhere. But stuff like the the trouble is because it costs so much to get adverts on TV, radio, true, Google, etc. It's these companies that are making millions that can do it, and charitable company, char, charitable organisations. Sorry, not companies won't. Just don't. They don't have the funds to be able to do it all the time, which is why they have select targeted months um, that they will put stuff out on on air on TV, wherever they can on billboards. Um, that's why a lot of their stuff is done on social media because yeah, it's free. It's free. Yeah, I think you know the awareness side of it. It was really good to see also when Saturday did do it and all the all the guys were wearing the pins and things. I think that was really good to see sort of a unified uh, team raising awareness. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And it and being such a big huge, part of a ma- male audience on a Saturday, um, that was huge. And and the drive is gradually year on year is getting bigger. Um, which is which is brilliant to see. I mean, my dad, my dad and myself have done a few collections around about. My dad's done some walks for them as well. Um, like, like I've put in my story on my page and everything. It, it's it's a it's a charity that's close to our hearts. Um, and to be honest, it's a charity that, as I'm getting older, it's growing closer to my heart. I'm I'm realizing more about it. Yeah. Um, which which is how it should be. People should be recognising it and and really taking notice and trying to do something about it. Obviously, when you went back, when we went back to the, the podcast, you came on and, and introduced it and everything. Those people went away with something on, to take away from that. You know, you potentially yeah. helped other people. That's yeah, that's great, and and that's that's all you want. That's that's all I wanted people to to try and take something away and if they did even if they only went away and looked at something for a couple of minutes about it that's a couple of minutes more than they would have before exactly exactly so yeah i like we said in in the last one um i think sam said it in the last one we're both so proud of you for obviously doing the challenge i know it was gutting for you to not be able to finish it yourself um but I was I was privileged myself to be able to, to be the person that finished that cha- challenge for you. Um, 
and just well done and you know hopefully it's not the end for your knee <laughs> and you can do something similar maybe uh in future but um yeah just really well done and the amount of money you raised was, was brilliant and will go a long way thank you very much mate thank you sam anything to add um the only thing i've got to ask is actually not to glenn it's to you matt so on your <laughs> on your um walk you did oh, on the walk you did for Glenn. <laughs> yeah, on the walk I did for Glenn, yeah. Um, so why don't you tell us about sort of the, the walk you did? I okay. I think I he put his right foot down then his left foot. Yeah. Well then I... he just sort of hops the whole way there like a like a like a kangaroo. Okay, so Robert, we want to do this story, okay. I know where this is going. So every Saturday <laughs> Yeah, you're laughing already, aren't you, you prick? <laughs> Every Saturday, I take a walk in the evening about half past six to my happier place, which is, Sagrubba, let's say it together, shall we? After three. One, two, three. The train, train station. station. Burger King. <laughs> Glenn. <laughs> so, okay. So I walked from Glenn's, and I walked past my work, and then I walked past through town and then went to the station and sat there for about 45 minutes as I always do watching the world go by um, I did actually pause the app at that point because obviously I'm not walking so it's still going to register mm. that I've been out for like a long time so I didn't want that to happen Yeah. so I then paused it when I was at the station um, and then walked a different way back to Glen's um, and I can't remember how, how many... Yeah, that's what, that was my I'm next check, question. Was how long check, was check live for you now. Hang on. Glenn, were you shocked that Francis went to the train station? <laughs> Very, yes. Very shocked. Hang on, okay. wait, what? I'm I, trying to find it. I did. Well, considering I had to walk from my house to Glenn's and then once I left Glen, yeah, and yeah. then went back to mine. So I did 7.9 miles. Um, Jesus. Two hours, yeah. 15 minutes. 17 minutes per mile, approximately. 15.6 thousand steps. 1.1 um, 1. 1, thousand calories. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For my final walk, once he'd picked my phone up, it was four point nine two miles. He did, which was just incredible. So there we go. Well, thank you for coming back on, Glenn, and letting us know the result. And uh, if anyone thank you out very there, much for having me. If anyone out there wants to find out more, then get in touch or just visit the Prostate Cancer UK website. Uh, and also, further uh, more to that, I'd like to add if they get in touch with yourselves, if you want to pass any on to me, um, obviously we're in contact constantly, so mm -hmm. just pass on any questions or just any contact you have about it and I'll be sure to respond. And if anyone out there is thinking of doing something similar to what Glenn's done, but isn't sure how to do it, 
uh, get in touch. We'll pass it over to Glenn and he'll he'll help you. Tits off the mic. And now we're going to go over to Matt Dyer in a new segment called Matt Dyer's Funny News Stories. <laughs> take, take it away, sir. Hooray! Something different this week, gentlemen. Um, I haven't got an Angry Man Reviews. Although, I thought of one when I, I was out with Glenn and Ash and the little baby Ruby um, on Friday. And we were talking about something, and I thought this would be a perfect Angry Man Reviews. And then, I was having such a good time, I forgot it. <laughs> so, I haven't bong, got an Angry bong, Man bong. Oh, here, go, here goes Glenn with the fucking car park beeps again. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, what I thought I would do is I would find some um, news articles uh, that are potentially a funny, funny news story, if you like. One that might, funny make you, might make you chuckle, Sagora. Make, do, a, do a chuckle, Sagora. <laughs> Oh, sorry, no, we're not doing that. That was creepy. We're not doing the Halloween special again. (laughs) So, Sagora, Glenn Chamberlain, I'm going to read some headline options for you. You can let me know which one you want to hear more about. Okay, yeah, sounds good. Proceed. First one. Cock up as three giant stone penises stolen from shop. Two. Man called Alan Pidgeley fined five hundred pounds for his noisy pigeons. Number three. Police admit officer did mistake paddling pool of goldfish for sharks. For God's sake. Um, number four. Runaway iguana rescued from pub after scaling roof for a sunbathing session. Right. And number five, golfer miffed at being banned from course, destroys green with weed killer. Mm, okay. Glenn, what do you think? Um, well, I quite like number one, but you can go with what you think. Let's do, let's do number one, Matt. Cock up as three giant stone penises stolen from shop. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Okay, uh, I must advise you that this article is from the Metro, which, if you're outside of the UK, is a free newspaper that is published every weekday and can be found at all transport stations. Hashtag ad. Can I just say that this opening sentence is the greatest thing to go with this article, okay? Okay. Oh, God. A CCTV cock-up has left cops facing a hard job trying to fight the culprit behind this crime. Three giant penis-shaped garden ornaments have been snatched from a shop, which hit the headlines after the owner refused to remove one of the obscene statues from his window display. Jason Hadlow, 58, owner of Simply Dutch in Leeming Bar, North Yorkshire, was forced to look on as his beloved four-foot 
masonry manhood was seized in 2010 following complaints from the public. But the defiant businessman declined to pay the £80 fine to have the stone sculptures returned to him and instead ordered 150 more from Indonesia. This incident led to him launching the Free Willy campaign, which pictures <laughs> with pictures of concrete penises appearing online in various locations. North Yorkshire police eventually bowed to the pressure and released the statues to the shop. But now, 11 years later, the final three ornaments were stolen around 10pm on Monday night. The thieves also took five cast-iron stags and five concrete dogs, said Jason, who lives in the town of Yarm. Um, and then there's just a load of pictures of these interesting stone phalluses. Um, <laughs> here we go. Here's the quote. Are you ready? I cool, can't man. believe anyone would want to steal some concrete willies, the shop owner said. It's the end of an era. They were very sentimental to me. It was a big story at the time. I'll probably not see anything like them again. I'm a bit sad, but ultimately, we weren't selling them. I the hope really they... wanted his willies. I hope they will get some use out of them. <laughs> I can't imagine what. Oh, my God. <laughs> the statues often used as bollards or water fountains. Water fountains? Water fountains. <laughs> oh, what a horrific <laughs> picture. That, imagine that centrepiece in your garden. Oh, Jeez. my Literally, God. Look at the size of that piece in the centre of your garden. Uh, the, the article ends with a picture oh, of Jason. Oh, everywhere. And, <laughs> and a police officer of North Yorkshire Police holding a giant penis. And... Hang on, wait, wait, wait. Is it concrete? <laughs> I'm, just got, I'm just imagining in my mind two, two men I'd... holding a concrete penis like it's a huge fish they've just caught. <laughs> That's exactly what I was picturing. Uh, North Yorkshire police <laughs> said they have not yet made any arrests. <laughs> What I find more concerning, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just sorry to interrupt. I've just read there's a, there's another bit in there that I didn't read. It says, if anybody is offered a meter high concrete penis or a full sized cast iron stag, I'd really appreciate it if someone could contact the police or alternatively me at the shop. <laughs> in in the strictest of confidence. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. So. These are metre long, these concrete A metre high concrete penis. Or a full-size right. cast iron stag. I'm really worried. Stag. A f sorry, a full-size stag. A full-size cast iron. Can you imagine how heavy that is? Right. I'm just going to put this out there. I'm really worried about how big these dog statues were that they've stolen as well. Great Danes. I reckon they were Great Danes. Because, I mean, you could see some interesting pictures pop up on social media. Well, you could see some interesting pictures on some other adult entertainment websites as well with meter high concrete 
Yeah, but yes. I'm just thinking they've stolen two animals plus meter penises. This is right. very dodgy. The, these said, people have, must have something wrong with their heads. I said on the previous podcast, I don't kink shame, but fuck me, that's weird. <laughs> just a bit. What is wrong with people? I just, like, what, what could possess someone? Number A, to sell a Number A? <laughs> Number A? Sorry, are we going to gloss over that? I, I was just going to let it go. Letter one. To your collection point, please. <laughs> so there we go. That was cock up as three stolen from shop. Why not get to make my point? Yeah, go on. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, no, nah, screw it. Fuck you. Well, no, go <laughs> on. Right, you, the stage is yours, Sigur. Come on, number eight. Um, why is this man selling concrete penises are we going to talk about that and also the second one and maybe more important why do you want to steal why do you want to steal one or three yeah but no just just one why would you want to steal one let alone three and a stag and dogs and I'm, I'm I'm also worried about the fact that these concrete penises are garden ornaments well, Why you know, would you have that in your garden? Some women really like... I mean, I the... know it's Yorkshire, but why would you have it in your garden? Well, they just make great water fountains, don't they? I'm just... Uh, hang, on, hang on, darling. Hang on, darling. I'm just... Uh, before we go out for the barbecue and like barbecue in the back garden, I'm just going to uh, turn the penis on. Just... Uh, <laughs> just stick the fountain on, would you? Just switch on the stopcock. Oh... oh. <laughs> He's here all night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so there we go. That oh was, my god. That was the story of the three giant stone penises that were stolen from the shop. To be honest, that was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Insane. Would you like I one more? Have we got time for one more? What yeah, story? Or... Penis? Or... Oh, an- <laughs> another one's just actually popped up. Uh, Matt really enjoys doing the podcast Parent can't stop telling owner to fuck off in northern accent Fuck off (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you can have that one or uh, other than No, let me start that again You can have that one or any of the other ones I read earlier Oh, your turn to choose, Samuel. Let's go for that one. Which one? <laughs> the, the one you what said. You literally you just have, read. Yeah, you oh, read sorry. Said, <laughs> you literally said you can have that one or any of the others I said. So I said, let's go for that one using your words. Look, I'm sorry, okay? It's been a very busy life day. <laughs> yes. Okay. Parrot. Can't stop telling owner to fuck off in northern accent. <laughs> Polly really a northern parrot. Up. Northern parrot is winning a legion of fans who can't get enough of his foul-mouthed tirades. Scooby, the lip, the lippy African grey, loves nothing better than telling his owner Lorraine Gregory to fuck off. He even does it when she gets home from her grueling shifts at the James Cook University Hospital in Middlesbrough. But Lorraine, 58, has decided to put Scooby's antics 
to much greater use, cheering up all the frontline NHS workers during the pandemic. She says, he's like a human. As soon as I put my coat on to go out, he says, bye, Lorraine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. He came to us six months ago after his previous owner died. At first, he would only say hello and cough as as though he had had a chest infection. <laughs> that's, you imagine, that's probably how the poor previous owner died, and he's sitting there probably. taking this. Uh, there's a lovely, uh, there's a lovely picture here of uh, Scooby the parrot. I'll the loopy, to you shortly. The loopy parrot. Indeed, uh, he spends a lot of time with my mum because I work long hours. And now I come home to Scooby swearing and chatting away to her. For some reason, he just knows how to respond. He's obviously just picked it up. He is a foul mouth. He is foul mouth, but he's also really intelligent. He's an amazing boy, and we love him very much, despite the fact he tells us to fuck off so often. <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine has just finished Scooby hilariously shouting, "Let me fucking out!" <laughs> <laughs> For emphasis, he adds let us out in his teesside twang. When Lorraine asks him if he's going to be a good boy, he abruptly replies, no. Oh my god. He even looks at the floor of his cage and complains, look at the fucking mess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. But Scooby does have a sweeter side of things and often says to his owner, uh, give us a kiss, or I love you. Oh. Uh, Lorraine added, I have worked at the James Cook University Hospital in Middlesbrough throughout the pandemic, and it's been tough. Our ward was a COVID ward, and I shared the videos of Scooby with my colleagues. It really cheered them up uh, when we were having a bad day. When I get home from a shift at 5am, he never fails to make me smile. Despite our arguments about him being let out of his cage, he does come out quite frequently. He's so rude to us, but we wouldn't want to have it any other way. Ah, what a nice story. I love that. I actually love it. That is that is a that's a lovely story, isn't it? There we go. Not it's not all doom and gloom in this world. Exactly. Definitely no, not. So there we go. And I'll uh, I'm also just going to send you that picture of Scooby so you can see what he looks like. This is quite an attractive little fellow, actually. Um, oh. Despite being so found out. A bird. And telling him to fuck off. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I love the fact he looks and down at the floor of his cage and says, look but at this fucking okay. mess. <laughs> what a fucking mess. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like you made it. Oh, my God. So there we go. There is Matt oh, Dyer's so stories. Innocent. I know he's lovely, isn't he? Mm. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get one for Ruby's first birthday. Please, yeah, you can keep it yours. No, no, <laughs> it's gonna be kept. He's gonna share the room with Ruby. You're gonna come in. <laughs> like she'll she'll be crying at night, and you'll come into her room, and she's like just hanging onto his claw, and he's flying around, and she's going. Whoop, 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 whoop. Not Zoidberg. Or you go in to change her nappy, and he'll just say, "What? Look at that fucking mess." <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. There is Matt Dyer's funny stories that weren't prepared at the last minute. 
I enjoyed them, to be fair. It's now time to cross the Bridge of Banter and visit our friend Sam Cropper in our segment, Storytime with Sam. Now gather round, everyone. I'm going to tell you a story or two. This week, it's a random array of subjects. I've not chosen a specific topic or anything like that. I've just done a really random selection. Okay. Very good, sir. So I'm thinking, do one each. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, here we go. So, okay, this week's choices are number one, am I the arsehole for making a dad joke? Number two, am I the arsehole for not defending my girlfriend? Number three, am I the arsehole for admitting to my husband that I wasn't actually happy on our wedding day? Number four, I slept with my girlfriend's mum two years ago. I can't tell her because I know she'll dump me and it'll probably end her parents' marriage. Number five, I keep ghosting people I like. And the final one is, Is anyone else tired of having their mental health problems boiled down to having some form of toxic masculinity? So, which one would you like first? Um, The one about not being happy on a wedding day. Okay. Am I the arsehole for admitting to my husband that I wasn't actually happy on our wedding day? I'm a 30-year-old female and I've been with my husband for seven years and married for four of them. I love him. And I'm genuinely happy with our marriage and how we've built our lives together, including with our children. I was happy the day he proposed. I was happy during our honeymoon. We've had our ups and downs ever since, but overall, I would say that I was happy. Although, I wasn't happy during the planning and actual wedding. Why? Because it wasn't the wedding I wanted. A few months into our engagement, my husband's grandmother was diagnosed with cancer and was not expected to live long. Our wedding was predicted to be the last big family event that she would ever attend. Of course, I felt sad and was more than willing to change the date of the wedding to better suit her needs. But what I was not expecting was that it would become her wedding and I was treated like a figure on a playset. She picked out the venue, she picked out the colour scheme, the food, the music, the flowers. She even picked out my dress. It all started out as subtle suggestions, but when I started to try and put my foot down, I was called a heartless bridezilla who couldn't even honour a dying woman's request and the fact that they were paying very little into the actual wedding would be an arsehole thing to bring up. After a fight with my husband, I was told to reconsider the engagement and if I couldn't do this one thing and how a wedding was more important to me than actually becoming part of their family. Knowing that I would never win, I sat in my car and I cried for an hour, mourning the loss of the wedding that I wanted. And in the end, let the in-laws have their way. I didn't even attend further meetings to discuss the planning and left both the bridal shower and bachelorette party early. On the actual day, I swallowed my disappointment and just went through the motions. Since then, my sister and best friend each had their weddings and I was made of honour for both and was excited each time. I took my role very seriously and had a lot of fun. My cousin is getting married and asked me to be her maid of honour, 
and I jumped at the chance. Recently, I've been spending hours on the phone slash Zoom putting together the planning binder. My husband took note of my enthusiasm and made a joke about missing that energy on our day, and I just brushed it off. After that, I cut down my wedding planning in his presence, but he wouldn't let up, citing that we don't keep any of our wedding photos out, and that I got rid of my dress as soon as I could, and how I looked so much more happy at someone else's wedding than at our own. He wouldn't let up, and eventually we got into a fight where I finally confessed that while I love him, I absolutely hated our wedding. My husband is now hurt and give me the silent treatment. Am I the arsehole? No. Absolutely not. I think that's brutal on her. As in, like, it's brutal that that's what she's been almost forced into. I, like, I don't get me wrong, I understand, obviously, the dying um, grandmother and stuff, but... Yeah, I mean, I just... I'm going to sound like a really awful person now. I, I I understand that, and that must be horrific. And but yeah. it's not her day. Like, yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not her day. It's it's yes, okay. It's the last big function that she'll attend. But even so, I kind of just feel like on your wedding day, it's your it's your day, isn't it? It's basically turned out that the bride wasn't really the bride because she had no involvement, no involvement in the end. Did she like at all? Yeah. No, she, she was almost just a chess piece that yeah. made yeah. up, made up the day, made up the play. But I mean, let's face it at the end of the day, a wedding day is all about the bride. Yeah. Basically. I think that's, the, yeah. The, the husband and the rest of the family are there to make the day up. It's, it's, it should be, I mean, that's why I view it. It should be what the bride wants. It should, it should be how she planned it. She should have the biggest say out of anyone in what goes, what goes into the day, what comes out of the day, what colour schemes are, what venues you have, how big you want it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And to have all of that, not just a little bit, all of it taken away from her. I mean, yeah. the only input she probably had was who was coming. And that was probably it. And like the size of her dress. Yeah, possibly. They may have picked the dress out for her and she may have just said, yeah, I need it in that size. She she got rid of the dress straight away, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I don't blame her because it's a reminder of a day that she doesn't want to remember. She's got a ring on her finger that reminds her of that day every day. Why would she want more reminders? Yeah, and it's not something that she's going to want to give down to like her children thing because like it's not her dress it's the yeah, it's not special no and you know i think it's interesting you say that about um obviously it being all about the bride and stuff because when you watch like your tv programs or anything it's always saying you know if it's a wedding episode or whatever it's always like you know oh yeah this is for the bride or we're doing for the bride for the bride and mm. the the husband of it i mean glenn obviously you're actually, you know, engaged to be married. Is that sort of in your head, in the back of your mind, constantly thinking, I'll get, you know, what I want in terms of the people there and, like, the time spent with people, but actually I'm doing this for Ash? No, not, not at all, to be honest. No, it's, it's something that 
when it eventually does happen, it'll be something that both of us want. But I want Ash to have, I mean, you two know her, she doesn't like making decisions. Um, <laughs> but I want her to have the biggest input out of anyone in it. If there's compromises that have to be made on the day, that that's fine. I mean, we we have spoken about it briefly in the past, um, different ideas and that. But, I mean, I'm quite lucky in the fact that Ash is isn't I don't think would be a bridezilla. She's not the sort of person that would just take it all over. She'd want my input throughout. Yeah. Um but again I totally understand some grooms just going, you know what, just let the bride take over, let her do what she wants to do and I'll just turn up and be merry on the day sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's good. I think that's good. It's um sometimes I think obviously like this is something I've thought about in the past. Um and I'd want to, obviously, as, as the, the groom of, like, or, you know, boyfriend slash fiance slash husband, the choices you make that are the big choices are yeah. the engagement ring, mm-hmm. the guest list your, for your half of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, you both sit down and do the seat and plan and, and work out, obviously, the, who's going to sit where and, and stuff. And then you go yeah. through. Who does and doesn't like each other. Yeah, who like which part of the family needs to be away from the other part of the family, that kind yep. of thing. Um, the the menu, obviously, that's something that you've got to look at for for your dinner. Yeah, but equally, her dress has to be you know secret from you. You have to not get involved in that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like there are certain other parts like like the color scheme and things. Like yes, you have some input, but 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 you kind of have to think more about. Because obviously, some brides, what they do is they'll have like the main wedding dress, and then they'll have like a cocktail dress for the evening. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously, I can imagine like walking around in that dress is going to be a nightmare, like heels to swap to flats and that sort of thing. So I can kind of understand like what you're saying about grooms just saying that I'm just going to go along with it. Um, but don't forget, like there are big things that you as a as a groom do have to consider. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying you just step back and just go. Yeah, get on with it, and I'll just turn up. That's that's yeah. not what I meant. Um, but yeah, absolutely. There's decisions you have to make together, but then there's also decisions that can be left solely to the bride. And you kind of have to, to the bride. Think. Yeah, I think you kind of have to as well because, like you say, what this woman's not had and what has sort of come forward into their marriage itself is this resentment towards the day that she didn't have and this loss of of the the fairy tale day like yeah it's not that's like okay i'm gonna maybe sound like a like an arsehole here but women from my understanding they think about their wedding day from a young age not all women of course but some uh, do yeah yeah so as a, a, a man like we don't really think about it, to be honest. Mm. Like, Matt, would you say you've ever considered like thinking about like a wedding day up to this point in your life? Uh, the only thing I have ever thought is about how I'm going to put a piano on wheels and then like <laughs> go down the aisle playing something, <laughs> and it's going to be like remote controlled, and it's going to be fantastic. And also, that I'm going to have sounds proper so tails, piano style tails at the back on my. Uh, suit and a, like a top hat and a cane, so we can just do sword fighting and stuff at the reception. It's going to be epic. 
I for one can't Okay, wait. so yes, he has thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're also going to have tuna mayo baguettes just to really piss you two off. Oh, come on. <laughs> tuna mayo is the worst, worst, worst choice. Anyway. Yeah, all you've got to do is put pickle in there to ruin it even more. Anyway, to wrap up this story, no, they're not the arsehole. Agreed. So, Glenn, would you, you're going to choose the next one. Would you like the options? Yes, please. Okay, number one, am I the arsehole for telling a dad joke? Number two, am I the arsehole for, for not defending my girlfriend? Number three, I slept with my girlfriend's mum two years ago. I can't tell That her. one. I, I, okay, we'll go for this one. <laughs> So full title, I sent my girlfriend's mum two years ago. I can't tell her because I know she'll dump me and it'll probably end her parents' marriage. So let me first just say, I'm not the one in the wrong for this, but I have to say it somewhere. It's eating me alive. Two years ago, when I was 19, I met this woman while I was working as a personal trainer. She was in her 40s and looked like a 25-year-old. She took an interest in me and invited me out on an, a number of times, and we slept together a few times. After one of our meetups, she said it was wrong for someone of her age to be with me because I was young and changed gyms. My girlfriend and I have been together for just under a year. She's amazing and I love her so much. Two months ago, I met her family for the first time, and it was a shock. Like she took me to the house where I'd hooked up with a woman. And I felt like I was being pranked. Before I see her mum, it hits me. I have a type, and they both fit that type, so it just makes sense. I've been hooking up with a single mum, and now I'm with her daughter. Then her mum and dad pop out, and we both almost shit ourselves. I met her parents, they've been married for 20 years, and I realised I'd been a married woman's boy toy. I feel incredibly ashamed. Later that week, her mum finds my number and tells me that I can never speak of what happened. She says that my girlfriend will hate me forever because I'll be the one who broke up her parents. So now I'm stuck keeping the secret. She invited me to spend Thanksgiving with her and her family. And since my family is 1,000 miles away and I've already told her I don't plan on going home, I have no excuse to not go. So now... I'm going to have to sit there at the table and enjoy Thanksgiving dinner with a woman I had an affair with, her husband, and her daughter, whom I am now in love with. I am fucked. That sounds horrendous. It does sound awful. Um, I mean, yeah. I, if I was him, I would not say anything. I mean, it, it's, not, it's not his fault. Really, because he didn't know the woman at the, he didn't know his girlfriend at the time. Like, it it just it it was it's just a really 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 bad coincidence. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so awkward, isn't it? Like, what do you do? Like, how do you yeah. even? You kind of need to say something, but at the same time, you don't want to, especially if he's as madly in love with this girl as he says he is. Can yeah, I just exactly. ask a very quick question? Yeah. Was she was he seeing the girl 
after this encounter happened at the gym? Um, or was it at the same time? No, it was two years ago. So two years. So he's, he hooked up with uh, the mother when he was 19. Then at 21, he met this well, her daughter. Oh, that's all right then, because I was absolutely about to go off on an <laughs> Angry Man Reviews Extreme Edition. It's just <laughs> insane. Uh, it's, it's, just yeah, it's just the worst kind of coincidence ever. Um, the comments on this are brilliant, though, because someone's commented saying they've got a type two. And someone said, how much do you look like the girlfriend's father? <laughs> that's brilliant could you imagine if she is and it's just like the ultimate daddy issue oh no. my god oh dear <laughs> Jesus <sighs> oh, this is such a like only way is Essex storyline isn't it or some <laughs> sort of crappy reality TV show storyline <laughs> well um yeah, it is, it is. And someone in the comments has actually um, put this. Uh, bro, you've got to sleep with a dad now too. <laughs> Complete the set. It's the only way to balance the scales. That way the husband can't be mad at you. That you... That wouldn't be fair. Then both... <laughs> then both of them together would protect your secrets, their daughter, to the day they... I'm sorry, bro. you just got to take one for the family. <laughs> Oh dear. Mother, father, father, <laughs> mother, father, daughter, fucker. Become the legend. Become the game. <laughs> <laughs> Go for the hat trick, my guy. Uh, EA Sports. It's in the family. <laughs> <laughs> that is all we've got time for this week, guys. Oh, no. You've got to be kidding me. I know, I know, I know. Glenn, thank you so much for coming on and giving us the update of how your challenge went. Thank you very much, Glenn. Thank you very much for having me, guys. You're welcome. And, Mariah, if, uh, if the listeners want some more antics, where can they go? They can go to our Instagram page, which is at Samama Antics. They can also go to our TikTok page, which is at Samama Antics. They can also send us an email, which is Samama Antics Podcast at gmail.com. And all that's left to say is we'll chat to you guys next week.